Welcome to this edition of DCS Talks, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster parents, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. Hello there. I'm Serena Wilson, a training manager and podcaster at Department of Children's Services. Over the pandemic, I was introduced to a number of mindfulness activities by one of our guest presenters at the department, Lori Ellington. In her presentations, she introduced many mindfulness activities that are very applicable in the field of child welfare. However, one in particular stood out to me, and that is heart math. It stood out to me so much that I even went and became a certified heart math practitioner. In today's podcast, I'd like to share some information about heart math and also tie it to some ways that we could use it in the field of child welfare. Heart math was Originally founded in 1991 by Doc Childray, HeartMath was developed to be a system of scientifically based tools and technologies that help bridge our heart with our mind, so that mind-body connection. The HeartMath system, it really empowers people to access positive emotions and to self-regulate emotions in order to reduce stress, increase resilience, and unlock natural intuitiveness that we all have so that we make really effective choices. Many of the things that drew me to HeartMath is that there are so many peer-reviewed articles that have been published that support many of the findings in HeartMath. So it is a science-based method for mindfulness techniques and accessing that brain-mind-heart connection. So to set up an explanation of the science science behind heart math, just to give you a very brief overview, I'd like to talk a little bit about the heart. Most of us have been taught in school that the heart is responding to the brain. Um, It's responding to these orders that the brain is giving in the form of neural signals. However, it's not commonly known that the heart sends signals to the brain and the brain sends signals to the heart. And this is including some research conducted by many neurocardiologists and has informed this understanding of the heart. Heart signals have a significant effect on how our brain functions, including how we process our emotions how we learn things, how we pay attention, how we understand things, even our memory and how we solve problems. Not only does the heart respond to the brain, but the brain continuously responds to the heart. So with that, I'd like to give you a few fun facts about the heart based on a presentation from Dr. Jennifer May. We know that in a fetus, in an unborn person, 
the fetal heart starts beating before the brain and nervous system are fully developed. So the heart is, in fact, one of our first systems that is developed. And there are a lot of nerve cells that are similar to those found in the brain are also found in the heart. In many ways, the heart is a nervous system in and of itself, and you can kind of think of the heart as being like a brain. This is truly a heart-brain connection, and while this may feel like really new information that's hard to wrap our brains around, we can kind of look at many of the languages of the world that are filled with idioms about the heart. So we use them to express our knowledge all the time that the heart is really a source of higher qualities. So think about when people are sincere, we often say they're speaking from the heart. Or when they go into an activity, we often say they're doing it with all their heart. Even when people betray their own best interests. We comment and we say they're thinking with their head, not their heart. So while we mostly think of the brain as doing the thinking, there is some sort of innate idea that there is information coming from the heart that often rules our emotions and behaviors and actions and interactions with the world. Another fun fact about the heart is that the heart is the most powerful source of electromagnetic energy in the human body. The heart produces the largest rhythmic electromagnetic field of any of the body's organs, and the heart's electrical field is about 60 times greater in amplitude than the electrical activity that's generated by the brains. On an electromagnetic field, there's a lot going on with our heart, and if you're saying what are you talking about, electromagnetic field? Um, the, the same technology that helps people in healthcare with heart rhythms, like at having an electrocardiogram, is the same type of technology that measures the electromagnetic field of the heart, just to try to tie it in there. Because I heard all of this stuff at first. It took me a while to really integrate it into a comprehensive understanding. So I hope that's helpful for you because it is important for us to realize that we have an influence with our environment just as our environment uh, has an influence on us. And the idea behind heart math is that we can influence ourselves and our bodies to respond in a positive way to the environment. It takes practice to do that. HeartMath has developed many techniques that, again, are backed by science that can help us access that positivity and also create positivity in our bodies so that we are able to generate that within ourselves and the environment. So to move forward in explaining this, we need to talk about heart coherence. When we think about the word coherence, it's often associated with our interactions with others. So if I am speaking to someone and they seem coherent, that means everything seems to be making sense, their story is aligned, and we understand what is going on. The same is true for coherence of our heart. Ultimately, it's a harmonious state where our heart and minds and body 
bodies are cooperating and there's flow. Heart coherence can be measured through a biofeedback method that I even have on my phone. It is a technology, it's not necessary, but we can actually measure our heart coherence through a quantifiable system. When the heart rhythm has order, harmony, and stability, our nervous systems become synchronized. The result of our nervous systems being synchronized is characterized by an increase in order and harmony in our mental and emotional as well as our bodies. All of these processes become coherent. They're all making sense together. Coherence is a state of optimal functioning. It's a state at which we have mental clarity, we are thinking clearly, we have emotional stability, we can see things objectively. And research shows that we can activate this state and create a practice of having this coherence between our mind and our heart and our nervous system and the rest of our body and even our environment. And when we promote that state within ourselves in a practice that we have longer periods of mental clarity, emotional stability, and cognitive function. To sum up what is meant by coherence, it means that when our body and brain are in sync with one another, we work better, we feel better, and we perform better. We achieve heart coherence during activities within which we get absorbed. So if you think about maybe a time that you worked on a craft project or an art project, or you're writing a paper, or even with a group when you were playing team sports and everyone seemed to be communicating through the game, you may be able to relate with some of those experiences when time just flew and you felt great and you felt creative and included and a part of. And then if you were to measure your heartbeat and those heart rhythms while you were doing those activities that you were absorbed in and having fun in and feeling creative, they actually have a very different rhythm when you feel good versus than when you're feeling negative emotions like stress and frustration and anger. Our hearts are responding to our emotions and our emotions respond to our heart in this ongoing feedback loop. Heart math tells us that we can use mindfulness techniques to achieve those states where we do feel happy and we do feel gratitude and care and that we can practice feeling positive emotions and that it's actually very good for our hearts and our nervous systems and our bodies as well as it is good for our interactions and our interpersonal interactions and environments and and the work we do especially in child welfare. No matter what role you have in child welfare whether you're a foster parent or a case manager or a program director you 
you can benefit from some of the methods and technologies of heart math. Maybe you're already familiar with heart math and everything I've told you, you're like, oh yeah, I, I remember that. Or this may be the first time you've heard of heart math and I would like to invite you to visit their website at heartmath, all one word, dot com. Please feel free to research these techniques on your own. There are a lot of great videos out there and a lot of great meditations and mindfulness activities that you can find on the internet. So I'd like to encourage you to do that. In upcoming weeks, please look out for more podcasts. This is the first in a series about heart math. In upcoming episodes, we're going to really dive in and look at some of the techniques. First, we're going to start with the heart lock-in technique that will we'll review some of these ideas around heart math and talk about ways to capture some of that positive emotions and how to harness that for our daily lives. The next technique we will look at more deeply is the attitude breathing technique and this is a great way to help identify our own bias and uh, to reconfigure that bias to having a different attitude that's more aligned with positive emotions. This can be very helpful in casework. And the last technique that we will go through is called the coherent communications technique, which I think it could be very helpful at the Department of Children's Services in that it creates a way to communicate with others in a more coherent fashion. So three more episodes coming up. I hope that you will be able to join us for those. We'll go into this a little further. Please do investigate on your own some of the techniques around heart math on the internet. I hate to end the podcast without giving you an opportunity to practice some, so I'd like to invite you to to get comfortable where you're at. Take a few cleansing breaths, whatever that means to you. Take a few deep breaths. And then I would like for you to find a memory where you felt cared for, where you felt gratitude and love. Maybe that was a time you were in nature. Maybe that was a time when you were with your partner or your child or your family. Think of a positive memory and just relive those positive emotions and see how that feels. Essentially, that is one of the biggest techniques of heart math is to identify positive emotions and to practice having them. So I hope that's a nice takeaway and we'll give you some more structured techniques in upcoming episodes. And I look forward to presenting that with you at that time. Thank you, listener, for your interest about child welfare. Please join DCS Talks again to hear other subject matter experts discuss ways to advocate for children and build resilient communities. 